In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and unto the ages of all ages, Amen. So, uh, in the introduction to the readings, I was mentioning that today is the day after the Feast of Theophany. So, yesterday we was the day of the Feast of Theophany. Uh, Theo, God, Fania uh, is a revelation. So an epiphany is a late revelation. You know, like when you have an aha moment, a eureka, you know, as you, you realize something that you've been thinking about. And so it's a late revelation, epiphany, an epiphany, right? Sometimes uh, sometimes uh, the, this feast is called epiphany. Um, in, in Greek, it's called theophany, and the church kind of prefers that term because it's more specific. It's the revelation. It's a specific revelation. It's a revelation of God, where God is revealed in the baptism of Jesus as, as is displayed in the icon of voices heard from heaven. The Father saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The Lord is seen in the river Jordan, and, and the dove descends from heaven and rests upon him and there's so much that could be said about this dove resting upon him but we're going to leave that alone we're just going to kind of stick to this concept of the revelation of god and immediately after that immediately after that saint john the baptist says i did not know him until he came to be baptized and the dove descended upon him and I remembered that the Lord had said to me, the one who is baptized and a dove rests upon him, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So St. John the Baptist says to his disciples, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So the disciples of John the Baptist follow Jesus and they follow him and they, and they tell, tell him, where are you staying? And he tells them, Come and see. And so they go and they spend some time with him and they realize that this is no ordinary man. And Andrew goes and calls his brother, Peter, and tells him, Come and see. And Nathaniel goes and uh, 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 Philip, and Philip goes and calls Nathaniel and tells him, Come and see. And the church on the tongue of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures is telling you and me, come and see, come and have a revelation, come and have your own theophany, come and have your own revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you think about it, you know, Jesus was about 30 years old at this time, and this was his first, his baptism was his first public appearance. Like this was literally the, his revelation. This was literally the first time the public had seen Jesus. And his last public appearance was what? The cross, the resurrection, or the ascension? The cross. The resurrection was only witnessed by a few people and then repeatedly by others handfuls of people here and there here and there totaling saint paul tells us at one point up to almost 500 people but still and the ascension by by even um less so jesus's first revelation his first public appearance his first time being seen in public 
and acknowledged in public as more than just an ordinary man was at his baptism. Jesus is revealed among us here and now. Today, the body of Christ is what reveals him. All through the preparation for Christmas and the Incarnation, we were talking about how the Word of God, the Logos of the Father, the second person of the Trinity, is incarnate. He takes flesh. The word, the word incarnate is actually a very, forgive me, it's a very crude word. It means like meat. Became meat. Became flesh. It, in the incarnation, in Christmas, and the angels sing, and the shepherds and the magi come and bow, and yes, it's, we, we've made it into something really beautiful. But this incarnation wasn't supposed to end at the manger. It was supposed to start at the manger. Now the word of God is read to us, and we hear it, and it changes us, and we go and we behave differently now that we've heard than before we had heard. So the Word of God, which is spoken, which is read, which is heard, which is preached, which is taught, if it enters our hearts, if it changes us, it takes flesh in us. He takes flesh in us. And then we can truly say to one another, come and see. And all day long, from lots and lots of wonderful people like you who are here and others who are not here, I get all kinds of messages all the time of people telling me, come and see. They might not say the words, come and see. They might say, hey, Father John, I read this really great thing. I sent you you know, um, a screenshot. I sent you a, a picture of a page in a book. I sent you a snippet from a sermon I heard. I sent me, all of those people are saying, I saw, I got a glimpse. I got a glimpse. And I'm telling you, come and see. It's like Zacchaeus. You remember that short little, that wee little man Zacchaeus, the short little guy, right? And he gets a glimpse of the Savior. It's like, it's like the Santa Claus parade when we take our kids in the wintertime and we're freezing and, and then we get our first glimpse of Santa, right? And I'm like looking between two people's heads and I get a glimpse and I pick, pick up my daughters and I put them on my shoulders and I try to hold them at the same angle that I was standing at so I could look between the two people's heads so they can get a glimpse. I'm telling them, come and see. But Jesus himself is inviting you today to come and to see that he is a living God with a living word which changes us and a living body of Christ, the church, which is changing the world. We ourselves have had, we this humble parish here have had the very beautiful and, and, and amazing experience of seeing communities changed, of seeing, I am not exaggerating, I'm a doctor, I hate exaggeration. I'm very critical and somewhat 
skeptical and cynical when it comes to miracles because I hate it when people call everything a miracle. We, our parish, has seen demons cast out multiple times, has seen people healed multiple times. But more important than that, more important than that, we've seen communities changed. We've seen people blessed by God, not by us. We're sinners. I'm a sinner. If you heard my confessions, you would never come to this church. I promise you. It has nothing to do with us. We're vehicles. The other day, the other day, okay, I broke down. I'm trying to be good. It's January. We're all trying to get in shape and we're all trying to be good. We're trying to eat well and trying to, so I'm trying to be good, right? And so I broke down and somebody gave me this plate of like, of like this, this penny with a, in a sun-dried tomato pesto with piece of chicken parmesan right and so and broccoli steamed broccoli you can guess what got left in that plate yes the broccoli i confess i confess as i was shoveling the penne pesto down my throat i was thinking to myself you know the only reason you eat this is because the sauce is so amazing the parmesan and the sun-dried tomato and it's all crushed together and you know and it just tastes so good but it's not for the pasta the past is just a vehicle. It's an unfortunate, like, it's an unfortunate thing that, that it has to be, like, carried by pasta. Like, if it could have been carried by broccoli, right? And I used to do that a long time ago when I was in a lot better shape, right? I replaced pasta entirely with vegetables. Long before they spiralized vegetables and all of this, I'd use green beans or I'd use whatever to try to make the sauce hold to something. Okay, enough about food. I'm the pasta. I'm the pasta. The good stuff is here. The stuff everybody's after is here. The unfortunate vehicle that has to carry it is us. With our weaknesses and our brokenness and our insecurities and our I like this person and I don't like that person and all these things we know ought not to be. All these things we know are not fitting of the body of Christ. But Christ says, doesn't matter. I'll use you anyways. I'll use you anyways. Why? Because I want to continue 2,000 years later inviting people and telling them, come and see. I want to invite them to come and to see. So I need a vehicle. You're broken, it's okay. You're a sinner, it's okay. You're a murderer, a rapist, a bandit, uh, this and that, it's okay. I'll make you a father of many monks. I'll make you a great ascetic. I'll make you someone who's an inspiration to people for thousands of years to come after you, St. Moses. It's okay. Just come. Just come and see and have your own revelation. Taste, taste and see the Lord, that the Lord is good, says the Psalms. Come, see, taste, try. Do you remember the story of St. Moses? You may or may not remember. In the story of St. Moses, he chooses to stay back in the monastery and be martyred when it's under attack by uh, uh, nomad raiders that were attacking the monastery. And he's in the monastery and, and um, six, I think, or seven other Monks decide to stay with him. And as, the, as they're attacking the monastery, 
one of them chickens out and he runs off and hides himself under a bundle of rope. One of the nomad raiders sees that every time one of the monks gets beheaded, angels come down from heaven with crowns and crown him and take him up to heaven in glory. So one of the bandits runs out and says, I am Christian, I am also a Christian, me too. And he gets martyred and receives the empty crown that the monk had left behind. The same exact story happened with the martyrs of Sebastia. The martyrs of Sebastia were, Ronald told us the story really well, one of the deacons told us the story in a sermon really well, were 40 soldiers in a regiment. And everyone had defected to idolatry, but these 40 soldiers refused, kind of like what we heard in the Synexarium. And so they decided that what they would do is they would force them to return back to idolatry or to, 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 to go to idolatry and not worship Christ. So what they did is they put them in this area called Sebastia, a very, very cold area, on a frozen lake, freezing temperatures, and they stripped them naked. And every day they threatened to throw them in the lake. Part of the lake was frozen, part of it wasn't. So they were on the part that's not frozen. So they were freezing. And they would freeze and freeze and freeze. And then at night, they would take them and throw them in prison so they wouldn't die. And they did this for multiple days in a row. Finally, the, the, the soldiers refused to recant Christ. So they started throwing them in the, into the lake one by one. And they froze to death. One of the last soldiers fled. And then one of the soldiers in the army saw an empty crown, an angel holding it and looking, the angels looking, who, 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 who does this belong to? So one of the soldiers ran, jumped, stripped himself naked and jumped into the lake. And they sang praises in the lake, freezing, until they all died and received their crowns and received their crowns of martyrdom. But why did they do that? Why did these people who had been pagan their entire life suddenly choose to change because they had a revelation. Because they had a revelation. Because they had eyes to see. Because they had ears to hear. St. Stephen is being stoned to death. And as they're throwing stones at him, he says, I see heaven opened. And I see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, the power. And then he dies. Who witnesses all of this? A young fellow, a young zealous fellow named Saul of Tarsus. Who knows? Maybe this was the, 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 the cornerstone. Maybe this was the foundation stone for the faith of the man who preached the gospel to the whole known world named St. Paul. And you and I are also called inasmuch as we have had a revelation of God, to also call others and tell them, come and see. And I know whenever we talk about evangelism, a lot of, I see a lot of people kind of quivering in their, in their clothes and like, oh, not this again, Father John, and you know how uncomfortable this makes me feel and so on. So somebody sent me a message amongst the multitude of messages I get in a week from St. Ignatius of Antioch. Somebody sent me a message from St. Ignatius of Antioch. 
says, he says, Christianity is not a matter of persuading people of particular ideas, but of inviting them to share in the greatness of Christ. So pray that I never fall into the trap of impressing people with clever speech, but instead I may learn to speak with humility, desiring only to impress people with Christ himself. Jesus doesn't need a marketing campaign. The product is so good, forgive me Lord to refer to you as a product, is so good, is so good that it is enough for people to have the authentic thing. It's enough for people to taste the real thing, not the knockoff. Pray for me, and I will pray for you, that we can have our own authentic revelation of God, and then that we can live that authentic revelation of God everywhere we go and with everyone with whom we speak and interact, that they may also be invited to come and see. Glory be to God forever and ever. And I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please forgive me and pray for me.